Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. So we are uh, finishing this backward series where uh, we've been talking about what it looks like if we were really to follow Jesus in word and deed and uh, the teachings that we see in the Bible, um, that when we follow that and we live this life that's missional, um, to a lot of people it can just seem backwards, uh, the way that we respond in situations and life circumstances. And so we've gotten to walk through that a little bit. As we've done each week, we're going to jump into the Bible and I'm going to ask you to get ahead of me. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians. There's some Bibles in the back of the room if you need them. Uh, there's also some that say gift on them. And that's what it is. It's a gift to you if you do not own a Bible. Um, but you also have the availability to get it on your phone. So uh, the app is a great place. We don't have games for you to play in there, but we do have the Bible. And this weekend, uh, we have interactive sermon notes. And I would actually love for you to give it a try. Uh, we haven't done it before. We're going to kind of see how it works. And then you can tell me later how awesome it is, right? <laughs> um, but you can email it to yourself when you're done because you're going to want to. That's just how it is. <clears throat> So you guys can see that in there. Um, I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians. We have uh, walked through um, a couple really key missional pieces of, of Jesus' teaching. And the first week, um, we gathered together and we talked about we need to know, um, first of all, who our neighbor is. And we talked about um, loving in a costly way, a sacrificial love and uh, outside of our neighborly walls. And we had some friends come up here and share. And some of my favorite moments was uh, Rick Small. He shared and talked about how uh, we never retire from ministry and that he's always looking and going out of bounds into uncomfortable places. And um, that uh, he talked about how many times it's just sitting and being present with people and loving them in their own mess and circumstance where it's at and carry them through those times. And we heard from Megan as she shared that week that um, every day she walks outside and sees people as post-it notes uh, that are telling her what she needs to do and where a need is and that she can connect with. And uh, I loved one of uh, her quotes, which was um, her job that she looks at is to bring value to someone or to bring value to someone's day and how powerful and profound that was. Last week, we talked about the second thing that we need to do, other than knowing what, who our neighbor is, we need to understand what's in our hand. And uh, we talked about how uh, in um, Galatians, Paul writes that many times when we are doing good for people and doing good for others, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ and carrying their burdens, that we can become weary and that uh, we can become tired of caring for other people and literally carrying uh, people through um, circumstances and situations, whether it's things that are going on at home in your family um, or others that are hurting in a distance. And um, we can become burdened with that and we can become tired and weary, but it says don't give up because uh, it's going to pay off. And so we talked about not giving up and I gave you uh, some examples of some really life-giving moments for me uh, five years or so ago that I heard, which was, I need to do for one that I wish I could do for everyone. And uh, that was extremely freeing to say, I'm going to do for one that I wish I could do for everyone. And in that, I'm going to go deep and not wide, go deeply into their life. And I'm going to go long-term rather than short-term. And I'm going to go time and not just money. And we got to hear from Dee Dee uh, and how what's in her hand is scissors. That in uh, Exodus 4.2, Moses is having a conversation with God, and God's saying, I'm going to use you, this normal shepherd guy that doesn't talk well, that's got a staff, he's been in the middle of nowhere, 
shepherding uh, for a long time now, and I'm going to use you and what's in your hand to do good for others and my people, and I'm going to do that through you. And we heard how Dee Dee um, goes in monthly and uses scissors that are in her hand as she's a, a stylist and cuts people's hair uh, that are in need and the powerful stories and testimony that came behind that. And this week, the last thing that we want to do, besides knowing who our neighbor is, understanding what's in our hand and how to use it, we need to understand where is our limp. Uh, I'm, uh, I love that we get to end it like this because everyone in this room has a limp. We all do. And we need to figure out how to embrace it and see it for what it is and how to use it and what that looks like when it's used and where ministry is done. Uh, we're getting, I'm getting this where's your limp idea from Genesis 32. Um, it talks about how there's a guy named Jacob and uh, he wrestles with God. Uh, overnight, he wrestles with him and receives a blessing at the end of this, but he walks away from this wrestling match with a limp that he carries with him. This was a part of his faith journey. And we later see in uh, the New Testament, we're going to be reading um, from 2 Corinthians, if you want to join me there. Um, Paul, again, is writing this letter. And uh, this is in chapter 12. In verse 7, it starts like this. <clears throat> To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, when many of us first read that, we would read, that's nonsense. <laughs> Who's going to celebrate and boast in their weakness because I'm broken and I'm hurting and I'm at the end of my rope? But he's saying, I, I asked God. I pleaded with him. God, will you take this from me, this brokenness, this burden in my life? And his response was, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, my power, not your power, is made, in perfect, is made perfect in weakness. Where you are weak, only he can be strong. There's a, a saying that I'm sure many of you have said or wanted to believe, and that is God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, you, don't, you don't find it very often in the Bible or at all, uh, but we think it's in there. We want it to be in there. But the truth is, friend, is that um, <clears throat> um, at the end of your rope is where God does his best work. That's where he does his best work, when you're barely hanging on. He's looking at you and saying, I know, I know you can't do this. I knew you never could. And now you need me. Now you have nothing you can do for yourself. You can't do this for yourself. And this is what we're made to do. We're made to do this together. And what Paul's teaching us is that people who are not in touch with their own brokenness are hindered in their ministry. People who aren't in touch with their own limp, they're hindered in their ministry when they're not stepping into that. And so um, I'm going to spend most of the day actually with some friends. We're going to hear from some different friends this morning and and talk about and see kind of where their limp is in life and figure out what our limp looks like and how we can use it. So I'm going to write 
my first guest, which is Rob. Rob's going to come on up, and uh, you'll give him a hey and a welcome. Um, so as we uh, get to talking with Rob, um, what I've known and I've noticed that in our limp, um, and that when you're in touch with your brokenness and you're able to minister through that, in that you'll see that those struggles that you've had personally will allow you to deeply, uh, those are precisely the things that God uses to allow you to deeply and powerfully reach into the lives of others. Um, when you're a part of a club or that you didn't necessarily sign up for, that uh, maybe you fell into or um, that has just been given to you, um, those, when you embrace those moments, those limps in your life, um, those are the times that you're able to use those to deeply and powerfully reach into the touch of the lives of others. And uh, so I'm going to have just a, a roundtable discussion with, uh, with my friend Rob here. So Rob, tell us... Um, Tell us what you do for a living, um, how you support your family. Um, that'd be good to start with that. Okay. Well, uh, my wife, Lori, and I own a carpet store, a carpet one store in Livermore. And uh, we just recently opened up a second store, which is a boutique, uh, an area rug store about 75 yards down the road. So we are basically in the floor covering business in a big way. All right, cool. So how long have you been doing that? About eight years. About eight years. You've, uh, you've been a business owner and investing into that and... Uh, what um, what do you what else do you do as far as service goes? A lot of you guys probably know Rob. You see him here just about every single week uh, on the weekend. So tell us, you know, you serve. Well, uh, well, first of all, I mean, I, everybody knows they see me out here pretty much on a weekly basis. I, I'm a greeter and, and head usher in the First Impressions Ministry, which is uh, is an awesome ministry, and I'm really glad to be part of that. But um, to me, truer to my heart is what I do on Monday nights here from 6.30 to 7.30 that I've done for about the last 11 and a half years. I run the 12 Steps for uh, Christians uh, uh, Recovery Ministry here, and uh, it's, uh, it's awesome, and yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's, it's where my heart is at, so yeah. that's, that's what really drives me. So that's probably me. something that a lot of people didn't uh, know about you is that for the last 11 years, uh, every Monday night, uh, every Monday night... <laughs> Every Monday night, with, with the exception of every once in a great while, there might be a Monday. Okay, so for, for 11 some... years, every Monday night, but I'm like two Mondays. There you go. About 99.9%. <laughs> you have served <laughs> and, uh, and here on campus, led and uh, come alongside of and supported. That's correct. Holidays, no holidays, mm -hmm. rain, shine. Um, that's where you're serving even more so. Yep. So uh, what I want us to, to see here is that, you know, we have, we have Rob here, and uh, he's a businessman, and uh, he's got great skills in that area, running two businesses with that and with his family, and um, he serves on the weekend and, and is great at first impressions and is good with a handshake and, uh, and a smile when you need it, and just welcoming, and also then serves others um, that are going through crisis or struggle in their life and coming along and supporting them. And what I want us to see is that, our strength um, is not always the most qualifying thing mm. about us. Mm -hmm. Our strength isn't always the most, you know, we would look at that and say, that's your strength, that's the most qualifying, and it's often not. It's often our weakness and the growth sustained from the struggle that makes us usable in the kingdom of God. That's correct. And that's what I want to talk about just for a moment. So what qualifies you then to lead every Monday-ish <laughs> well, what, what qualifies me is about 26 years of alcohol and drug abuse. Mm. Um, I struggled with it for a very, very long time. And uh, 
on uh, this coming June, uh, excuse me, July 16th, uh, in, in about another month or so, uh, I'll celebrate 13 years of, of, of no, no drinking or using by the grace of God. So, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. So, um, July 16th this year, um, it'll be 13 years from 2002. That, uh, that's correct. That uh, you get to celebrate that. So tell us uh, a little bit before and what July 15th, 2002 looked yeah, like. Yeah, July 15th was not pretty in 2002, <laughs> I can guarantee you that. I just got back from a week's vacation with my family in Tahoe, and we had a lovely time up there, but my drinking had really gotten really bad where I didn't have any control of it anymore. Uh, the drug abuse was really not too far behind that, but uh, I was just in, in a real bad way. And... Um, uh, the next day, uh, on the 16th, I ended up, uh, after a week's long vacation, I went back to work, and I was immediately called into my office by one of uh, the owners of the, of the store that I was working for, and basically had a couple letters on there for very unhappy customers, and there was a couple staff members that uh, I was really kind of not getting along with that well. Uh, my marriage was really, really not doing too well at the time, and then my kids were asking me why I looked the way I look and why I smelt the way I smelt all the time. Yeah. And I just kind of was had a had a moment where it was just look I had tried several times before to stop it but I just didn't as I was wrestling with God you know it's amazing how he will let you up for a while to think that maybe you have control of it mm. but he loves you so much that he'll take you down again wow. okay to yeah. make sure you have that limp firmly on you so that you can go ahead and work what you need to do Pre preach so, yeah he, 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 well <laughs> I'm just telling you that's what happened so uh, finally, uh, I just I just surrendered to it, and uh, I, that that day I just said, "You got to take this from me. Either that, or I am going to, I'm not killing myself, losing my family, and and I'm going to go in a deep spiral." But uh, by the grace of God, uh, he, uh, he he's took my life from then, and it, and again, the last 13 years has just been amazing, and it's only been by His power that's yeah. been able to do it. So every day you walk with a limp, and you have a conversation. Yeah, I do. Every day, I uh, he just it's 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 not like I was hit you know, by a bolt of lightning or I had some sh light or, but I had a voice on my heart that basically said, look, if you come to me every day and if you ask me to get you to bed that night without drinking and using, I will sustain you with the power to not have the desire to use it anymore. Yeah. And that is what I do every day. And I just promise him I'll get to bed just that one night without it. Yeah. And he promises me he'll keep the desire away from me. Yeah. And that's, that's changed everything. It's changed your life. family. It's changed everything. why you serve on, on the weekends. Well, yeah. I mean, without that limp, without that brokenness and experiencing that, I don't think I would have ever had the desire, and or he wouldn't put the desire on my heart to race up here every Sunday morning to yeah. really want to be here, to greet people, to come in, to experience what I'm experiencing, and then also be able to have the desire to run here from a, a busy Monday afternoon in Livermore and fight all the traffic to be here by 6 o'clock, to set up, get the coffee going, and get everything going, to yeah. be able to welcome people in to try to experience what God has blessed me with, yeah, wow. which, is, which is peace and joy in my life. Yeah, that's great. I want, to, I want you to see that God uses brokenhearted Absolutely. people. Uh, who are willing to step into their brokenness. Absolutely. And uh, that's what you've done. And, and, and I want us to understand that when we're talking about a limp, or these, this isn't a bad thing. This is actually the best thing. It's a good thing. Uh, that's happened to us because it's allowing you to step into others' lives and come around them um, when they're beginning 
to, to be in this wrestling match and, and at the end of the rope, really. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, I get, I get folks that come into my, my room all the time that are just at their wits end. And there's some really a, miracles that have developed right in front of my eyes over the last 11 and a half years. Yeah. And it just it, they're continually coming back into that room and we've developed this bond. But more so than that, for, for new folks that, that are trying to seek out and trying to find it, uh, you, you have to have the brokenness in order to do it, but, but once you get in there, the power that the Lord bestows upon you when you get in there and finally surrender to him, when you get the help and support in that room, it's just wonderful to be part of. That's great. Yeah, it's it. awesome. What do you think, Rob, with me? Just for, uh, Thanks, Rob. I have... Uh, I have a couple of other friends that I want to invite up, and uh, before they come up here, I'm going to, uh, you guys are going to get to watch a little video to kind of introduce them uh, to you, so check out the screen. Well, I'm Bob, and this is Kathy. <laughs> Kathy and I, we got married in 1978, back when we were living in Houston, Texas at that time. And then we were expecting, and uh, our first child was Christopher. And Christopher, unfortunately, only lived to be, never made it home from the hospital. Only lived to be about eight days old. And had complications, and uh, unfortunately passed away. And... And that was in 1982. 1982. Yeah, 1982. January 1982. February 1982. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a shock. That was a big shock. And at the time, there was, um, oh, there was a lot of questioning of God. You know, how does this happen? And things like that. Um, but, you know, we moved on. And then we, uh, then we had Erica, who is our, uh, in 1982. She was born, and of course, there was anxiety leading up to that pregnancy and everything, and uh, the pediatrician at the time had come in, and the uh, first time she saw it and talked to her, and said, that's the beautiful baby you've ever seen. <laughs> so there was all of a sudden the anxiety tremendously changed. And uh, so, so Erica was born, and we were still, again, still in Houston, and then in 1986, uh, Amy was born. Now, Amy, um, those of you who know Amy, at the time, with her, we, she was born and appeared totally normal. She was not right on uh, the mark for de normal development things. She was uh, not, she is, well, she, as a toddler, she started talking, and all of a sudden she stopped. Um, and she seemed to be just real quiet a lot. And she was, um, she, had, she went through about three or four months with some chronic ear infections, and at that time is when the pediatrician noticed that her growth rate was dropping off. That we were sent to um, the head of the Child Development Center at Oakland Children's, and as Bob had mentioned, um, about 45 minutes and just spending time with her and, and trying to do some things with little toys and so forth, and saw that she was just unresponsive, couldn't grasp them. Um, couldn't really focus on them very much. Um, he made his diagnosis. It was d a little difficult for him because he said actually she was one of the highest functioning RET girls he had seen, and she was the first 
diagnosis he actually made of the correct girls. And we didn't really see any significant changes till we got here to Venetia, and she was just turning two. Her condition is Rett syndrome, R-E-T-T, Rett syndrome, and it manifests between six and 24 months. So by the time she was almost two, we were starting to see some changes, and they were slight, and they were gradual. Um, so um, it was a big searching time uh, once we were diagnosed, once we were, uh, Amy was diagnosed, and it was, it was devastating because when changes happen, you think maybe it's something metabolic or an allergy or, you know, something that can be fixed. Um, but Rett syndrome was very rare at the time. They thought there were only about 1,500 cases worldwide. And now there's actually 10 to 15,000 worldwide. At this point, it was, there was a relief because now we knew something, because there was apparent something was wrong. But then to be told that it is, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's devastating. It was such a shock to learn that it's, it was something that, number one, that was so rare that not hardly any doctors could, could talk about it because it was, um, as Bob had said, it was something that was misdiagnosed or went undiagnosed all over the world for girls. What I remember is, and this was it, this was the day we came back, we came back home from the diagnosis. And we were in the house and I was in the kitchen and uh, uh, I just started, I just started breaking down. <laughs> I just couldn't handle any longer. And all I can remember is Amy at the time coming up to my leg and just holding on my leg. And it was like this, Dad, we'll get through this. You know, yeah. I need you, Dad. We'll get through this. You know, she would say that, but it was, that's what it felt like. So you welcome uh, Bob and Kathy with me. So uh, you know, most most people actually don't know who you are because you're just Amy's parents. <laughs> you're, you're the tag along, <laughs> and uh, I love that we. I got to spend you know uh, like an hour and a half or more at their house this weekend. Um, that was just like a small piece of their story. That's. Uh, beautiful and lovely in so many ways, and I want to talk about some more of that just a little bit with you um, today. Um, uh, Kathy, um, would you share with us just a little bit about how that, this has changed your guys' life a little bit because you've gotten to be a part of um, groups and organizations and, and what groups that's, that's allowed you to then be a part of that you, you weren't a part of before? Well, we were told that we would become members of a community that most people don't have a privilege of doing that, um, community of families that have a disabled family member. And it really changed, it's a whole paradigm change. You have a very different change of your perspective on life and your perspective on children and your perspective on the community. I, we were fortunate to enroll Amy in a therapeutic horseback riding that uh, program that was very beneficial to her, and I ended up being on the board of directors for eight years. We, at the time, were getting, we were getting respite care services for Amy, and actually Bob was on the, that board of directors for 11 years. So it really gives you an, approach, an appreciation for um, 
what normal children, average children are and what their capabilities are versus the disabled. I like to brag about Amy and say, well, this is the child that never fought and teased with her sister. She was never called down to the principal's office and she's never talked back to her parents. <laughs> I love that. That's good. Um, so, Bob, uh, when we were having a conversation um, just about life, what it looked like, and with Amy, and, um, you know, she goes everywhere with you guys, and uh, one of the things you welcome is um, stairs, um, and uh, you look for those as windows for opportunity for conversation and, and, and what you really receive uh, from those moments. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Well, part of it is Amy seems to bring out the best in people. Mm. And so one of the things in the beginning, because the medical world didn't know anything about Amy, um, we had to reach out to other families to really find out, well, how do you deal with this? So there was part of, we wanted to open that up and make people understand what this Rett syndrome is all about. Yeah. And so that was kind of a, a goal of ours, and that's why we encouraged people to come up and ask questions, or if we stared, you know, we'd get, and children are the best at it. They'll stare, and next thing you know, you yeah. got a great conversation going on. Yeah. So um, it was, you know, she led us to meet some of the most wonderful people because they were curious. Yeah, that's beautiful. And the, the people you've gotten to connect with um, because of that. And uh, so this is, uh, you know, a part of, uh, of your story and, and uh, one of the limps in your life. We heard about uh, your youngest and um, what... Um, what what would surprise a lot of people, uh, and that you know, a lot of people just assume and think, "Hey, this is this is just all-encompassing," um, but really, a, a big part of your limp in your faith journey and your story is actually um, your oldest daughter. Uh, will you tell us just a little bit about that? Sure. Our oldest daughter, Erica, had a very difficult uh, time during her uh, teen years. And we um, actually had her spend six and a half months at a residential treatment center in Utah. We had become members of, of Northgate in 1998. It was, it was hard at first trying to emerge in, because where do we put Amy? What do we do with Amy? But this church, my church, our church, mm. made it happen. And it made it a, a very comfortable place for us to come and worship. But in the meantime, Amy or Erica was spiraling out of control, and and while Amy was manageable, Erica was totally out of control. And those were the times when I was on the floor, face down, praising, praying to God for answers and solutions, and um, just to keep her safe and to keep her alive. Yeah, um, and uh, that's uh, that's what brought you guys uh, to Northgate. That's what brought you really to Jesus. Um, to seek and, and to find him in the midst of that limp. And that has allowed you guys opportunity as well um, to come alongside other parents, yes, and uh, um, to invest into them as they're struggling and going through those different walks in life. Um, just, real, just real briefly, real quick, just, um, just tell me where things are at now. Well, things are fabulous. Um, we just had Erica, we said, you know, essentially was a, an alcoholic at 16 years old, hard to believe. Um, but today is an active member of a Catholic church down in Santa Cruz and presented us with our first grandson yeah. four weeks ago. Yeah. And 
has just a wonderful family down there and has just turned into this incredible person that uh, we knew the potential was there. She just took a odd route road to get there, but she got there. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I, um, um, when, when we were talking about this stuff, I love um, part of this story was that um, years later, uh, years ago here actually, uh, Erica actually got to stand up and give testimony and thank um, just the community and their, her parents specifically and that they saved her life. They, uh, they had mentioned before that um, they didn't think that she would graduate, not because she wasn't, didn't have the ability to, uh, but she might not even just be alive to. And um, you guys were in a, a spot and you've been able to use that limp and uh, that brokenness. And the thing that I want us to understand is we have no idea what hangs in the balance of your decision to embrace the burden God will use in your life. And uh, you've done that. And, and what has happened is you've seen redemption. You've seen um, continual opportunities every day in your life through with Amy. Like we said, nobody really knows you guys. <laughs> the star is always with you uh, everywhere you go. I ask you this uh, with them many years from now. What would you like people to line up and thank you for? Many years from now, what would you like people to line up and thank you for? And I think that those people will thank you for, for embracing and, and loving Amy and your story and um, for following through and loving and uh, following through with your daughter and uh, the blessings that come from that. So would you thank me again with uh, for, for Um, the, uh, uh, you, we, we had lots of conversations, uh, Bob and I did, and he was overemphasizing to me, like, man, the, the difficult part was so small. Like, the, the why part was so small. This is, we are so blessed, and this is such a blessing in our life, and the, and the community um, is a blessing to be a part of that we are a specialty in. We get to be a part of a special group of people, and um, you saw just a glimpse of those whys and um, what, uh, what I've come to recognize is that so many of us in our, in our midst of our limp and our brokenness, we ask the question, why, and we never get a response. I have yet to meet someone that has heard the answer to why when they've asked God. The question to ask is how, and uh, that's really what they have gotten to do is say, how, God, I'm at the end of my rope. How are you going to use this? How should I deal with this? How should I come along with other people? in the midst of their own brokenness and their struggle and their storm. And I ask you, where's your limp? Your limp can come in all sorts of different ways. Maybe it's a, a divorce. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's adoption. Maybe it's a brokenness in the home with family, with a child. Maybe it's in-laws. Um, maybe it's Jesus uh, and just uh, you trying to be in control. Um, at the end of your rope is where God does his best work. And uh, we need to know who our neighbor is. We need to understand what's in our hand and how to use it. And we need to know where our limp is and use that to do ministry. Step into your brokenness. Where you are weak, he is the most strong. And in that strength, others know who he is as well. Would you bow your heads? There's three different groups of people that I would love to pray for this morning. And that first group is those of you who have a limp, you know what your limp is, and you're already using it. You're embracing your brokenness. Uh, 
where you're broken, uh, and you're walking alongside of others um, to make a difference or just to be in their presence and, and just to love on them through that limp. Um, if you already are, are using that, you know where that's at, um, I want to pray for you. Uh, I ask you to raise your hand so I can just pray over you as you continue to minister in that way and that you wouldn't feel hindered or weary. Yeah, so God, those who has their hands up, would you just refresh them and refill them? As so often we become weary from doing good and we can become tired of just sitting at times at the end of our rope and our brokenness and limping. God, would you just help us embrace it even more so? Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to watch what only you can do through just a piece of our story that you have changed everything. God, would you love them, give them peace, give them joy as they leave this place today. Second group of people that I would love to pray for today is uh, those of you who have not embraced your limp, that you need to maybe this week discover where your limp is and what it looks like. Maybe some of you today are even at the end of your rope. You're hanging on by a thread and you're saying, why, God? And this week, you need to switch that and say, how, God? And that you need God. If that's you, would you raise your hand? If, if, if you're ready to seek God this week and say, hey, God, uh, will you use my limp? I may not understand what it's going to look like right now. Uh, will you help me embrace it and maybe stir up some, some dirtiness in my life and dredge up some of that stuff? God, would you just... Uh, you just cover those with those, those people with their hands up right now as they just seek you. Would you love others through them? Would you give them that gift, that joy? Would you just cover them in peace? God, would you do an amazing work in their life as some of them are just hanging on, they're at the end of the rope. They're broken, they're hurting, they're starving for something to be redeemed, to be refreshed, renewed. And God, would you do that? in their life. Would you make that happen this week as they seek you? The last group of people that I would love to pray for this morning is maybe there's um, some of you here today that have never received the gift of Jesus Christ in your life. The ultimate healer who came and made dead things alive again. Maybe in your limp you're seeing it as just a dead end. It's dead in your life. It's unusable. It's unattainable to have peace and joy and happiness. Well, Jesus came and gave us a gift. That was to make dead things alive again, to give you redemption, give you an eternity. If you want to receive that gift today, it's a gift from him for anyone and everyone. If you want to receive that for the first time today and walk in his grace and his love, as you limp, would you raise your hand out and, and look at me? I want to acknowledge you and I want to pray for you as you leave this place in this new journey. So God, we thank you uh, for the opportunities just to live a missional life, to be backwards. <laughs> God, we celebrate with you and our weakness because there is your strength. And uh, we ask your blessings just be on this place and this community and those that you touch through us. In your name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.